0: True Bible Mission for Jesus Church located at 6010 West Mill Road, Milwaukee Wisconsin where the pastor is Elaine
1: Allen. Yes, praise the Lord it's chat time. So praise the Lord it is chat
0: time. Yes, praise the Lord it is chat time once again. Now this week we are going to continue to discuss current events and scriptures.
1: Praise the Lord. So last week um. somebody was talking about, or asking me a question about, you know, we were talking about John MacArthur and Grace Community Church and the pastor, John MacArthur. Why would he be held in contempt of court? And why would he be issued hefty fines? For what reason? And, and the reason is, is because he's holding um, church inside and People are sitting shoulder to shoulder, singing and not wearing masks in the indoor setting. And they say that, you know, they are free to have service outside, but they can't accommodate the number of people that they can inside. And so I just wanted to clarify that this week, that
2: okay, but I guess that's it's, it's the It's now reason. becoming an issue of the separation of church and state. I'm thinking that's what the problem is becoming because I I imagine, based upon how a person worships the Lord, you know, then a person there's, there's like a, this, thin this, line, right, very, there's, there's this thin line, very
1: controversial, very, very controversial,
2: saying you can't sing. Uh, praises to the Lord, you know.
1: So this week I, I saw an article about John MacArthur, and it says, We received a letter with a threat that we could be fined, or I could go to jail for a maximum of six months, MacArthur said on Fox News. My biblical hero, apart from the Lord Jesus Christ, is the Apostle Paul. And when he went into a town, he didn't ask uh, what the hotel was like, he asked what the jail was like because he knew that that's where he was going to go to spend his time. Oh, so, what scripture did he give to reference that Paul? Well, he didn't. came in <laughs> to say, hey, what's prison like? <laughs> <What's your jail?" laughs> he didn't, but this is him talking. Mm-hmm. So, I don't mind being a little apostolic. If they want to tuck me into jail, I'm open for a jail ministry. I've done a lot of other ministries and haven't had the opportunity to do that one, but bring it on. But um, he said that he's got the support of the U.S. Constitution and President Trump, who had previously phoned him to offer encouragement. So I'm thankful that President Trump has told me personally that he supports the church as essential and the churches need to stay open. Um, So with the Constitution on our side and the president's backing, we're open. But um, what I was reading is that they would, and I don't know who they consider the defendants to be, I don't know if they consider the people in church to be a defendant because it says that they could be held in contempt of court MacArthur and other defendants, and they could be fined each ten thousand dollars so i don 't know if they're talking about every person, including the pastor being fined ten thousand dollars each. that to me isn't exactly clear so hmm. that, that to me that's interesting
2: yes, and i'm pretty sure <laughs> Trump is probably probably uh saying, oh, Lord, because he probably said it should stay open, but I'm pretty sure Trump didn't say, well, you don't have to regard social distancing. I I don't think the conversation went quite like that, but I think... I don't know. I I, I don't think so, but I'm thinking he did support the fact that they felt like the church doors should be open and people should be able to come in and worship the Lord.
1: Right, so, you know, there's another article that I ran across, and and this is also in California, and this California church appealed its case to the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals concerning indoor worship services, Bible studies, and singing. So the Liberty Council is representing the Pasadena-based Harvest Rock Church and Harvest International Ministry, and the attorneys are arguing that the governor's actions are contradictory as he Continues to encourage thousands of people to gather for protests and social injustice. Right. That to me is silly. silly.
2: Yes, it is.
1: So um, I don't know how that's going to turn out. But in this article, it says that the church has been essential for 2,000 years. And the First Amendment recognizes that the free exercise of religion is essential. The church is now more essential than ever because there are so many hurting people, especially in California, where especially in California, especially where they have all the fires and
3: yeah,
2: um, it's like the Lord is uh, giving them a double whammy, but they need it.
1: So mm-hmm. that's what's happening in California. Here in Milwaukee, the Archdiocese in Milwaukee is lifting its Sunday dispensation, which means that parishioners are now again obligated to attend Mass. Oh. So this comes after they stopped holding in-person Mass when COVID-19 cases began growing back in March and now the Catholic churches are finally welcoming their followers back.
2: But it sounds more like a mandate. You know you're saying, you're obligated.
1: Right, you're obligated of, so, And if you're obligated, then it, according to the Catholic faith, it's a sin okay. to not attend mass. Okay. Now, what's interesting is that they did not um, lift. They did not lift the way you go to church. I mean, you still have to go online, and you have to designate what day you're going to go, what time you're going to go, and then they limit the seating. And you have to, again, wear masks. So what if if the seating capacity
2: is met, then what do you do?
1: You can't. You're out of then luck.
3: Sinned. <laughs> <laughs> I guess so.
1: It's <laughs> so I guess so. I mean, uh, my uh, someone I know is talking to uh, a parishioner at a Catholic church and she was saying she went once. It's an elderly lady. And you know, the elderly people surely really want to go to church. But she said she went once, and she didn't like it, and she didn't go back because it's such it's so inconvenient the way they have you do it. And then you can't sit. You have to sit six feet apart, and they have every other pew uh, closed off. And you can't go anywhere. You have to be escorted in and out, and you have to be... You have to wait how they do communion because a priest will go to you. You can't go up to the to the priest to get communion. Um, it's not like having
2: service. I think when they go, right, they and don't that's ex- feel like they And that's service. exactly
1: what she said. It doesn't feel like it used to feel, like going to church. It didn't feel like it at all. So she said she didn't bother to go. So I don't know. So they say, come back to church but.
2: You better come back to church, is what they're saying. <laughs> but.
1: <laughs> I, I mean, so they, they're putting, they put out a lot of videos online and on YouTube, and, and um, you know, we're morally obligated to celebrate the Sunday Mass. But for us Catholics, that obligation, that commandment, if you want to say it's a joy, it's our food said this one priest, Father Bustos. um, But I don't know how you can do it just the way you used to do it if you have all these rules and regulations. Um, You know, they say they they want to make sure that they're providing a safe space for everyone, providing a mask if someone forgets one, say hand sanitizer you know, they cordon off the pews. They use ta- even taped crosses on the floor to remind those coming up. T- <laughs> you know, it's like confusion, inconvenient, so I don't know. I don't know. You know, of course, you know, that, just, that uh, mandate is lifted for those that are ill, you know, or they... Or their health is compromised.
2: Right. And it should be lifted for and if you're full a care, <laughs> and, and if you're a
1: caregiver of someone.
2: And it should be lifted is, for for full houses. Like if, if they're packed to capacity and you tried to get in and you couldn't, it should be lifted for those individuals as well.
1: So I don't know what what that's all about. Um, I, I, I don't understand unless And I hate to say this, but unless it's because they're not getting as much, as many donations as they used to, and I think that's not just the Catholic Church; it's any church. Right. They're not getting the same type of uh, people supporting the church financially. Right.
2: Because I'm pretty sure if if there are churches out there who have mortgages and uh, utility bills and insurance, none of those obligations stop. And so they probably are hurting.
1: So anyway, someone sent me this article just a couple of days ago about evangelical Catholic voters in five swing states may shift 11% for Biden over Trump. And there was a survey, I don't know. Why?
2: Evangelical saints, why? <laughs> <laughs> you know, not that, not that true The data?
1: is made up of responses from 1,430 respondents who are registered to vote and reside in one of the five swing states, Florida, Michigan, North Carolina, Pennsylvania, or Wisconsin. And they were interviewed between August 11 and August 26. And the survey was designed and a- analyzed by a team of behavior- behavioral, I can't Today, mm-hmm. scientists representing institutions such as Duke University, University of Maryland, University of Southern California, and University of North Carolina. Um, so they say that the election is currently on track to produce an 11 percent swing toward Biden, compared with the 2016 among evangelicals and Catholics, averaging across. I don't know. You know, I don't know what you can take. Right. I mean, that's it.
2: Trump is such a great choice. It's just that Biden is so much worse.
1: I listen to the um, commercials that Biden has, Mm -hmm. and I have to pause when I hear him say that he's going to make every—and he doesn't say it in those exact words, but essentially what he's saying, he's going to make everybody wear a mask, not— I forget how he puts it. He puts it like it's a patriotic duty to do it, Mm. and there are some. And then he would shut down everything until the virus disappears. And I'm thinking, what about the poor people who can who are barely surviving now? Right. I mean, does he? I. He's
2: making this pandemic uh, such an issue. He's blowing it all out of proportion. And then what kills me is they actually blame Trump for the spread of the uh, pandemic, you know, they're saying, well, he he should have done more. He should have done this. I'm thinking, you You know, know, this is
1: my opinion. Every time time I hear a a commercial, every time I hear a commercial, I think to myself, I don't want to hear about the pandemic. I don't want to hear what someone else could have, should have done. I want to hear what are you going to do? Why are you better then, right. I want to know what is your stance on not just the economy, not just on the pandemic. I want to know what your stance is on uh, not climate, con- you right. know. with
2: what- things that are so vague and elusive that there's really no way to, to measure I want to know how are you going to with get it?
1: along with the, with the Republicans and the Democrats when they don't want to vote for something or don't agree right. with you, right. which is no different than what Trump is going through. Right. How you know? are you going to do the bipartisan bit? You know, what are you going to do? I mean, so for example, Trump said, I'm giving everybody, <clears throat> uh, what, what, what was that, Uh unemployment, he said, six hundred dollars, and the state was supposed to six, seven, eight. I forget how much he said four hundred, and the state was supposed to make up the the rest of it. But it, it, how did they pass? I mean, it was months before anybody decided he can't do it by himself. Right. The president can't do it by himself. And if it's Biden Congress. President, neither will he. <laughs> Congress has to... Who, who says okay for the money. That's what I'm saying. Not about, the president. That's
2: why I'm saying. That's why I distrust any seasoned politician who gets up and says what they're going to do, knowing they don't have the authority or the influence to do it. They lie. Yeah,
0: yeah he, he said that too. Because I'm going to do this when I am president. Said, yeah, I'm going to right. do that when I'm in president. Yeah. And they not he's. Not gonna do any more than what the last president did because
1: oh the one before one the one one before, before yeah. the one before yes mm-hmm. I know anyway I got this article here and it's from the Christian Post reporter and it's about a pastor who's running for the Senate
3: okay
1: and you would think. That, that, yay, that's a good thing for a It depends on what they're pastoring <laughs> about. <laughs> what what <laughs> So recently in a podcast, the pastor running for the US Senate in Georgia claimed that abortion is consistent with his beliefs as a minister and vowed to fight to keep it legal if he wins. See his that's name, why
2: I, that's why I wouldn't vote for him.
1: His name is Reverend Raphael Warnock, he's a Democrat running in the special election to finish the remainder of Republican Senate Jack, Senator Jack Johnny Isaacson's unfinished term.
2: So uh, yeah, but you know the reason why I wouldn't vote for him is because his statement is consistent with his beliefs. He says not the Lord not the Lord's. Lord's. So not this God's. is a person who's so self-centered yeah. that he doesn't need to acknowledge God for
1: whether argued, or not it's right or wrong. He argued that a woman's decision to have an abortion is something that we don't want government engaged in. But what about adding, the Lord? <laughs> adding that such a decision is between her and her doctor and her minister. But not God. You see what Amen. I'm saying? So I,
2: I couldn't vote for somebody like that because something's wrong with them. They have an ego that's just way too big.
1: So um, he was asked, "Do you think it's consistent with God's view that God endorses the millions of abortions we've had in this country since Roe v. Wade?" And um, he responded, "I think that h- human agency and freedom is consistent with my view His as view. a mm-hmm. minister." Mm-hmm. You're right. Said, I would say, well, okay. So the Christian <laughs> Post reached out to his campaign for comment on his beliefs about abortion, but was told that he wasn't available for an interview.
2: No, because he would probably come out sounding crazier than what he already is. So they're probably avoiding,
3: mm-hmm. uh,
2: you know, having contact with any uh, newspaper or any social media.
1: It says, I'd like to know what... The one book the candidate uses as the foundation for truth and their guiding principles, Tony Dungy, a Hall of Fame National Football League coach, wrote in a tweet... It couldn't be the Bible. No,
2: right. He None. I don't even know if he opens it. He said, read Psalm
1: 139. Here's part of it, Dungy added. If you believe the Bible is the word of God, you can't read this and conclude that God doesn't view a baby in the womb as a life. Right. So, I don't know. I, I you don't even know your ministers, your preachers. Right. You don't even know what they personally believe in. They can be up there telling and really they you have to know the church that you're attending yes. and you have to know Those the minister among you because they can tell you anything. Right. I mean in the Catholic church I was always when I was a little girl I they would have such fire and brimstone uh, sermons I mean it would scare you <laughs> they, it really put the fear of God in you and mm-hmm. you were so afraid and then as you get older and time goes on you realize that it's, it's not the same they tell you don't drink but yet they, they're alcoholics the priests they tell you don't have abortions but yet they don't condemn you for having an abortion You know, it. Right, and don't divorce, but you can get an annulment. Right, right. It's a. Right. So it's really, really important for everybody to know what the church stands for, what the pastor stands for, what are the personal beliefs. Right. You know, so I don't know. I mean, it it takes some prying, some digging, but you can find out. You can find out. Here I have a, I don't know if I'll be able to finish this, but there's an article um, on the Christian Post reporter. And it says there was an atheist TikTok user that says that she came to Jesus after watching Christian videos on the app. And there are a lot of people praising God after a TikTok user said she was once an atheist but has since come to God due to the Christian content of the popular app exposed to her. She identifies herself only as Felicia, and she posted an emotional video um, It says the user pleaded with her followers for help because she was feeling conflicted after identifying as an atheist for so long. Now I'm really confused because all I I see are videos about God and Jesus and I actually prayed the other night and I don't know why. I guess I need help because I just don't know where to start. (laughs) I just don't know how. If you guys claim he loves me so much, I don't understand why I have denied him so many times. And the young woman went on to say she's done so many bad things, doesn't know where to start when it comes to living for Jesus. And the video now has hundreds of thousands of views with several people offering encouraging messages to the former atheist.
2: But, you know, it's amazing how she admits to doing bad things. Now, if, if she I has did. no acknowledgment, then she wouldn't recognize that there's a standard.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: So, the mother of um, somebody posted a series of videos to her TikTok profile revealing more about her faith journey. She admitted initially she felt like a hypocrite for going from being so sure there was no God to now talking about Jesus in every video. In one of her posts, she recalled feeling so discouraged and then coming across. Timothy 4.18, which reads, Yes, the Lord will deliver me from every evil attack and will bring me safely into his heavenly kingdom. She called her discouragements an attack from Satan and said that she kept receiving signs from God. And um, she revealed that she grew up Christian but abandoned her faith many years ago. Um, I can see where... I was when I felt lost. I see where I was when I felt lost. And you can see it in the videos, and now you can see where I am. I never want to go back to feeling lost again. And I'm not deleting them because hopefully there's somebody out there who if they feel lost or if they feel like nobody can relate or understand, they know that someone else felt the same way.
2: Right. And I, I am surprised. What I liked about TikTok when it first started out, it's like it, it was really open. And then somehow I think they've inserted algorithms and they try to control what, what uh, videos some of the people actually get to see. And because of that, I've, uh, I've unloaded it twice, taken it off twice because of the way they've gone about it. So I don't know how it's going to survive in the future. I have no idea.
1: Well, I don't know either, but what's interesting is that um, it's all about where your heart is. Right. Because if your heart is in the right place, God can reach it. It Yes.
0: Yes, praise the Lord, and let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. Today's verse of the day comes from Ephesians chapter 5, verses 1 and 2. Be ye therefore followers of God as dear children and walk in love as Christ also hath loved us and hath given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling Savior. Now, ain't God all right?
1: God is all right. Praise the Lord. Last week's Food for Thought was, What happens to a person who trusts in the Lord and has hope in the Lord? And the answer is, he is blessed and will prosper. That answer can be found in Jeremiah chapter seventeen, verses seven and eight, which reads, "Blessed is the man that trusteth in the Lord, and whose hope is the Lord. For he shall be as a tree planted by the waters, and that spreadeth out her roots by the river, and shall not see when the heat come, but her leaf shall be green." And shall not be careful in the year of drought, neither shall cease from yielding fruit. This week's food for thought is, at the marriage feast in Cana, who told Jesus there was no wine? Hint, the Bible. And that's food for thought.